is the new rusty fat were just more 80s revival. What have one true voice been up to since pop stars the rivals? Hello listeners, welcome back. How was your holiday, Helen? Mine was lovely, thank you very much. I went to Wales and we stayed in a village named after a dog that was murdered in the 1300s. (laughs) They cannot get over it. I know that it's very upsetting to lose a pet, but he would have been dead by now. I was in the delightful uh, Greek island of Rhodes. Yeah, you Uh, were. I had a very nice time. Highlights, uh, a lot of reclining. I don't really see you as a recliner. Oh, I love to recline. As a lounger. Oh, if there's any chance to recline, I will take it, Martin. I I totally see Ollie as a recliner. It's all in the arms. I think that's the distinction Mm. between lounging and reclining. And his arms are floppy. Uh, Low light. Uh, was probably going to a bar in Lindos and hearing a Hands in the Air remix of Someone Like You by Adele. No one needed to do that to that song. That is not a dancing song. (laughs) It's really not. There's nothing about it that suggests you could just uh, cheer it up a bit with a bit of... Exactly. It's like doing an ecstasy rave version of the theme from the piano. It's just (laughs) obviously wrong. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Well, uh, to kick us off, uh, here's a question about free time from Sarah in Seattle, uh, who says, for the past... 10 years, I've been a full-time mum. This fall, that means autumn, I'll become a part-time mum as both my kids are going to be murdered. (laughs) (laughs) How's that part-time? That's pretty absolute. (laughs) No. That's severance pay. Uh, Both my kids, one of whom is called Ollie. Uh, Were you listening to me the day he was conceived, Sarah? Answer me this, it's sex in a bottle. I think that means uh, she can claim child support off you. (laughs) Uh, Ollie will be in school all day. Yes! Yes. Uh, I'd like to. Popping bottles in the ice. I'd like to spend my new free time sitting on the sofa, reading mysteries and drinking margaritas. What a life. Uh, But I really should clean the house and catch up on paperwork. So, Helen, answer me this. How many hours a day should I spend doing housework? Well, ideally not. I mean, you've got the kids. Don't they earn money by doing chores? Yeah, that's the clever way of doing it, isn't it? Is that legal? Don't you have to pay national insurance on employees or something? (laughs) Maybe not in America. I mean, surely the amount of housework you should be doing, Sarah, is the exact same amount of housework you've been doing now. If that's been fine whilst they've been living at home and therefore making more mess, then surely that'll be fine now they're out of the house and actually, as they're older, can clean up after themselves anyway. When you say how many hours should I spend doing housework, um, it really depends on who's judging. If nobody, then... Do as little as you can get away with. I'd say maximum an hour. It can be quite meditative, housework. Well, th- this is the thing. I actually get into it at first. Like, when I reorganise my wardrobe, I get into that. Oh, that's not housework. That's, that's a weekend novelty chore. Yeah, well, it kind of... Yeah, kind of. <laughs> as you know, Wally, I live in filth. I don't do housework much because it's boring. I'd like to put the devil's advocate position on that, no, Helen, but I can't. I don't. You speak the truth. Because while Martin and I were away, a man came in and painted our bedroom and all the furniture was out of it, I thought... I'll hire one of those carpet cleaner things and it'll be like the adverts where a white stripe appears in the middle of my carpet because it hasn't been cleaned since it was installed in the late 80s. And so I hired one. You know what? The carpets, when they were originally installed in 1989, were just shitty carpet colour. So I restored them to their gleaming shit colour. So, But you put in quite a lot of work, did you? Elbow grease. Two days. The worst two days of my adult life. And it came out looking the same colour as it did before anyway. Yeah, a more even shade of that shit colour carpet that is is in rental. Is it the one we're on now? Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, that is shit (laughs) coloured. Yeah. 150 litres of black water came out of this carpet and it still looks the bloody same. So now I'm resolved not to do any more cleaning because it's clearly a waste of time. Although, if this had been a beautiful white shag, 
Yeah. Then you'd feel differently, wouldn't you? So maybe it's about uh, installing aspirational carpet to create better housework opportunities in the future. That's not the way property developers of the late 80s no, thought. No, it's they not. thought cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Electrics, cheap. Don't yeah. need them to be well done. <laughs> Skylight, why would you need to open them? Kitchen, why would you want to ventilate one of those? <laughs> Hi, Ellen and Ali and Martin. It's Becky from London. Answer me this. Which Spice Girl would you shag and why? Which Spice Girl would you shag and why? What's up next for Babylon Zoo? They're so inventive. What's up with the Oasis band? Will Tony Blair really win an election? <laughs> Winona Ryder, she's fine. <laughs> Do you think they're thinking this because the Spice Girls popped up at yes. the Olympics? Yes, they've been all over the place. Mel B was on the X Factor as well, and Jerry. All looking better than ever. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. Uh, I mean, okay, so let's try and answer this question head on. I mean, obviously it is a historic transaction from the Wank Bank. Yeah. Um, Mel B, was, she was hot, but she, she is clearly loopy yeah but okay if we actually talk about this in reality who would you shag mm. mel b i think would criticize my style she wouldn't shut up, up either yeah, yeah gobby jerry would probably just talk about herself and cry while you're at it well let's let's eliminate right so mel b i'd say no uh, victoria's too thin so no yeah, oh, i think oh. i don't think she has a vagina i think she's just got like a kind of metal clamp down there <laughs> like a mantra yeah but she's the one i'd most like to have a cup of tea with because she seems quite entertaining and droll. Well, she's got the most interesting life, hasn't she? Yeah, well, she's got a job for a start. Um, and Mel C, I honestly think I'd struggle to get an erection. She, she was hot in real life. I saw her at the Sony Awards. Apart from the tattoos, they look skanky. So that leaves then only Emma and Jerry, um, who were my pick at the time. Yeah, different um, times though now. Probably in that order. Number one, Emma. Number two, Jerry. And I think as the years have progressed, I'd eliminate Jerry completely and it leaves you only with Emma, but who Emma's, I think is still quite fit. She is pretty, but she's a bit mumsy. Yeah, but that's she's better than being Lolita, isn't it? I'm glad yeah. she's dumped the lollipop. I mean, I'd feel more comfortable about it now. And she, I think we've probably got more in common as well. Although maybe I've got more in common with Jerry because she's from Watford. I don't know. Yeah, but she's from Watford a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Probably all the places she's frequented shut down before you were legally allowed to go in them. Here's a question from Sarah, who just went to France on a little holiday. She says, answer me this. Is there a Channel Tunnel equivalent of the Mile High Club? <laughs> I admit the 75 metres below sea level club doesn't have the same glamorous ring to it, but surely people have done the dirty in their cars on the way over, and surely some of those people have bragged about it. Not many of those people have bragged about it online, because really? I've done some power googling. What phrase did you google? Presumably not 75 metres below sea level club. No, well, I found that on Urban Dictionary there is apparently a half mile under club, but there's no mm. provenance of where that's come from, right? So I presume that's just someone dicking about an Urban Dictionary. Um... I googled Half Mile Under Club, I googled Sex in the Channel Tunnel, Fuck in the Channel Tunnel. Eurostar Sex? Yeah, all of it comes up, ironically, with a Google ad for Eurostar. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want that, you can hey, click through and buy the ticket. If it gets bums on seats, as it were, uh, then... Uh... <laughs> yes. Um, but um, out of all the phrases that I tried, predictably it being the internet, the only one that returned the results was Wank in the Channel Tunnel. <laughs> 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 Which did bring about a really a very sad, but uh, pleasingly very speedy video yeah. of a man releasing himself in front of a mirror on the Eurostar on X-Tube. Oh, wonderful. Wow. Yeah, yeah 1,014 views of that. Some of our videos have had less views than that. <laughs> we, we don't do any wanking. We should have had more wanking in them. In fact, our Luxembourg video, where we're actually on the car train yeah. from England to France... None of us thought to do any sexual activity because we're all in a car with each other. I was wanking. Yep. That's really bored. It was a really long journey. Well, I was knitting a yellow kangaroo. Nima, raise an interesting point. Obviously, I was there, so take me out of the picture. But if you two as a couple had been in the Channel Tunnel, would you even consider it for a minute? It's just not a sexy environment, that car train. It's horrible. I think any circumstances will be if the the windows were completely opaque. I think it's just not a very sexual environment, though. It's very dark but not in a sexy way. It's like cross-channel ferries as well. They're not sexy either. What I find weird is that people always insist that these things are called clubs. 
mile high club i mean it's quite an anarchic thing to do isn't it you'd think the kind of person who does it wouldn't want to be part of a club they're doing it to be different they think in their minds and there's no proper club organization there's no secretary there are no minutes there's no memberships there's no agm it's not even a badge there's no end of year party don't get a free filofax don't get a discount on future fucking (laughs) (laughs) well it it, it does get shorter it does not match the wagamama club and i think we all know that that's the truth if you've got a question then email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com Answer me this podcast at Time for a toothsome question from Liz in Leicester. Mm. Who's, uh, who's, uh, Leicester, of course, is where they've just recently discovered the corpse of Richard III. Yes. Is it definitely him? Well, it's got a crooked spine and it's got an arrowhead in the back of it, so it's, it's pointing that way, it isn't it? It could be anybody. They're saying they need to send the bones away to do a DNA test. We all know from the Jeremy Kyle show, DNA tests only take 25 minutes. For some reason, this is going to take it's going to take weeks. Anyway, uh, this is all by the by, because uh, Liz's question is nothing to do with dead royalty. Oh, I can't believe you misdirected me so extremely. <laughs> uh, she says, I have a 16-month-old son who is teething. Oh, that's a tedious process. Mm. Oh, they make a fuss. Oh, it hurts. Oh, the hormones. Oh, yeah. For years. <laughs> Several of my friend's children have recently lost teeth. So there's been lots of discussions about the tooth fairy and how much is the going rate for the tooth fairy for a 16 month old child they don't understand the concept of money give him a little fluffy toy or something you can punch out his teeth when they're that age he's not going to remember what difference does it make the 16 month old is growing the teeth you don't really start losing your tooth till about five yeah you've got a long time to think about this question maybe liz is thinking should i enact this lie (laughs) upon my innocent son Yes. As I was lied to by my parents. It's like the Santa thing. Careful what you say, Helen. Remember, there's kids listening. That man in whom I believe, mm. would I tell my children that he exists? About his incredible greatness. Or would you rather yep. keep it to yourself? It's yep. an interesting dilemma, Helen, but it's, it's not, not the one Liz asks us not about. not the one. Uh, <laughs> it's close, but it's not the one. Uh, Helen, answer me this. When did parents start paying for our children's teeth in the guise of a tooth fairy, and why did they start doing this? What's the reason for the tooth fairy? It's a consolation prize, isn't it, to get, get over the pain? Well, I think even more broadly than that, it's sort of a way of coming to terms with loss, isn't it? Yep. Like, like having a pet is getting used to your first death. You know, something dies, falls out your mouth. Like, how do you make that mm. sweet for a child? You know, you turn it into cash. Also, in a weird sort of way, the, the fact that there's a fairy that looks after your teeth, it gives you a sense of continuity, doesn't it? It's not like it's an unnatural, frightening thing that's happened to your body. It's part of the Fairies magic. Fairies are terrifying. I've seen True yeah. Blood, Series 4. <laughs> They're horrible. No, I, I agree, because I think in some ways it is scarier to say... I mean, really? an albeit benign fairy, but nonetheless... Oh, yeah, a supernatural being's going to come into your bedroom at night and rob you. And, and pay you off like a two-penny slut. <laughs> I just, <laughs> is that and, all you got from the tooth fairy, two pennies? <laughs> I know. Uh, no, I had a sliding scale as I got older. Did you not? Did you always get the same amount? I think just 20p, except for the time when I made a tooth fairy-proof envelope by covering the entire envelope with sellotape. (laughs) (laughs) In which case, I got nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, that served you right. Yeah. Um, I I, I know that now. I think I got less than 20p to begin with, but I think it went up. I think it went up from like 10p all the way up to possibly even a fiver by the time I was like 10. Was it based on the uh, size and weight of tooth? I suppose in a way it may have been. That is fairy economics. Apparently the Vikings used to give children a tooth fee 
So it's a very old custom, giving your child money in return for their teeth. Wouldn't that be money that they stole from another nation? Oh, still bitter, are you? <laughs> tooth fairy didn't come into it for, until about the early 20th century, but for hundreds or possibly even thousands of years, um, there was ritual associated with disposing teeth because mm. they thought that um, if a witch got hold of your tooth, she could do essentially uh, voodoo with it. I bet she could as well. clippings and I stuff. I bet there's historical documents that, that witches or people that you know were thought to be witches actually did use teeth. Yeah, they would put a curse on you if they got hold of one of your teeth. So people used to burn the teeth or bury mm. them to make sure they were safely disposed of. So there's probably I, quite a lot of mystique attached to the loss and the subsequent uh, disposal of the tooth. Well, I guess because adults' teeth would have been falling out all the time as well, wouldn't they? Oh, God, yeah. By about the time you're 20. So it wouldn't be unusual to see lots of teeth. In quite a lot of countries, uh, it was a mouse, and still is a mouse, instead of a fairy, because they used to feed the teeth to mice, uh, in some cases, to dispose of them. Do mice really eat teeth? More to the point, does the mouse then shit out a shekel in response? (laughs) That's what I find bizarre. (laughs) They fed it to a mouse because they thought if a mouse eats it, the child will have lovely sharp teeth like a mouse. Really? That's not really like human teeth, is it? It's quite creepy. I was never really traumatised by losing a a tooth, maybe because of the tooth fairy. Well, you were when your teeth got knocked out by the seesaw. Yes, well, yeah, but those were adult teeth. But the thing I was traumatised by was getting pubes. Really? Yeah, when Mm. I was like 12 and I looked at boys in the changing room who developed faster than me... I, I actually thought, oh my... Because when you're that age and you haven't got the hormones and it kicks in yet, mm. it actually terrifies you, the idea that you're going to become a man. And I just if mm. there'd have been a pubes fairy, I'd have been all over that. <laughs> pubes fairy? <laughs> you know. You That's get, the most grotesque you, image. You would have plucked out your pubes and left them under your pillow. Well, just maybe... I don't know. I guess you wouldn't take them out. Maybe it would be the pubes fairy sewing the pubes in and giving you money for when they arrive. That's what, really boshian. What, what about if the pubes fairy brought you pubes <laughs> yeah. and took your money? Would you oh, have been I into see. that? Pay so you leave, leave 20p under the pillow. Yeah. And the next no, 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 I wouldn't. Pubes for pence. Pubes. That's the scheme. That's the government scheme. Test those two vouchers. No, I wouldn't because I was scared of the idea of getting pubes. So I'd need the cash incentive is what I'm saying. I, oh, really? I, I wouldn't want to pay for, for pubes. You were scared of pubes? I'd pay to not have pubes. If there was some way that well, the pubes fairy could work that in. You can go and get them waxed now for money. Yes, yes. But I, I assume they don't see adolescent 14-year-old boys in those places, do they? I don't know. They probably see all sorts of things. They're just probably blasé about everything they spend all of their days staring up someone's gusset. Helen, Oliver, though life is full of questions, there are answers you must know. One. No, it will not fall off, but moderation in all things too. Yes, there probably is, but we won't find out in our lifetimes. Three, most people prefer connery, but my personal favourite is Dalton. Four, if you try and slip a one, it would ruin your friendship. Hey, I just met you. No, you didn't. You met me in 2000. And this is crazy. I want you to call me, maybe, on this number. 0208123 You can also Skype answer me this, but I did not notice Carly Rae Jepsen emphasising the magnificent free Skype service in her song. <laughs> maybe in the follow-up single that is bound not to be very big at all. Mm. Let's see who's been calling us definitely. Hello. It's Neil Murdoch here from Crawley in West Sussex. Last year, I had a cerebrovascular accident, which is commonly known as a stroke. And ask me this, why are they called stroke? 
strokes, because strokes sounds like a nice thing. And what I had certainly wasn't. If you don't know what the word means, like spasm sounds kind of fun. <laughs> like or, chasm. Um, yeah, or a hemorrhage. No, that doesn't sound fun. Isn't spasm your Jewish name? <laughs> ben Yehuda spasm. <laughs> Ebola. That sounds like tombola. This is it. If you don't know what the words mean, they can have a certain resonance. It's more like a horrible stomach tombola that will kill you. Mm. Anyway, yeah. um, the reason why strokes are called stroke is because um, they didn't understand what caused them for a very long time, so they thought you'd been struck down by God. Wow, that's yeah. really interesting. And uh, originally they were called apoplexy, which is just the ancient Greek for being struck down. But, wow. I mean, before medicine developed, they didn't really know what anything was, so why no. wasn't everything called a stroke? Brain biology must have been one of the last things to be understood. Yeah. Well, it still is being understood by yeah, modern yeah, science, yeah. whereas, you know, heart attack, you could maybe figure that out. I think in this particular case, it's because strokes are very sudden and um, because yeah. they affect yes. your, your face. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because God is such a prick that is exactly the kind of thing he would do, if you judge by the Old Testament standards yes. at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I like that. Well, I mean, not strokes, but I like the explanation. It, I do quite like these strokes. But not your stroke, Neil, and we hope you're much better now. Yes. Uh, here's another question about why is a thing called a thing. Mm-hmm. It's from Chris in Manchester. <laughs> you make our format seem so shallow. <laughs> <laughs> here's another question about something which has not been solved in the mind of our listener. It, it's, it's from Chris in Manchester, yeah. who says, Ollie, answer me this. Mm. A friend once told me that Tom and Jerry from the cartoon got their names from the nicknames of the British and the German troops, Tommies and Jerrys in the World Wars. Mm. I can see how this works on one level as they're always fighting. We're not fighting them at the moment. Oh, he means the cat and the he mouse. He means the cat and the mouse. But in the cartoon, <laughs> Jerry always wins, which doesn't seem right. So, Ollie, answer me this. Is this true or is my friend making this up? Well... The Tommy's only won after a protracted campaign, Chris. I mean, uh, the Jerry's won many nights during the uh, horrors of the London Blitz. You need to remember that. As far as I can tell, Tom actually came from Tomcat. Simple as that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's like a very basic name to call a cat character, you know, like you would call... A dog Fido or exactly. Rex or something. Precisely like that. So really, I think in truth, that's where it came from. Mm. But then I suspect the Jerry bit Was did come right. from the fact that we had Tommy's and Jerry's. And although Hanna-Barbera never actually said that's what it came from you have to realise that the first cartoon went to cinemas in 1940. Mm. So I think that joke would have been very, very clear to the grown-ups in the audience. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to interpret any more into it than that. It's a tomcat, and so he's fighting the Jerry. And who is Mrs Shins in this analogy? Oh, Mammy Two-Shoes. Is that her real name? That's her real name, yeah. Oh. Mammy, Mammy Two-Shoes is really interesting. Yeah, she's the woman who lives in the house. You just see her the, shins. You just, yeah. And she's... She goes, Thomas! Damn it! <laughs> Basically, she's a big black caricature housemate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of controversy about her, obviously, after the war when people were getting a bit more politically correct and the civil rights movement was happening. People were like, this is a black caricature and she uses sort of, um, I guess, what was perceived to be stereotypical slang and this kind of thing. Mm. And she had stereotypical slippers on. But what they did in the 60s to correct mm. this, I find this astonishing, yeah. they replaced her with a white woman. Because no. now, if that happened, and indeed now when they show the old Tom and Jerry cartoons, they keep the black legs in, but they've redubbed the voice, so she's not such a stereotype. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and I think that's what would happen now, even if you created the character. But but to actually replace her with a white woman is extraordinary, isn't Awful. it? Mm. Amazing. I think uh, Chris's logic that um, because they're Tommies and the Jerrys and you wouldn't want the Jerrys to win but Jerry the mouse usually wins against Tom the cat Mm. I find that very bizarre I don't see why there needs to be consistency in this name it's like saying uh, that salt and pepper don't rap about condiments 
it's not relevant <laughs> because it's not supposed to be taken as an analogy it's a playful name and on also, what was a very difficult period of history the cat has to be called tom because that's a, a classic a cat. cat name yeah, yeah. but you have to support the underdog incidentally tom he's a blue short hair blue he's not sh- real though if you look at a picture of a blue short hair it's actually gray whereas tom is literally blue well they probably ca- got caught on a certain light again we meet Another example of cartoons playing fast and loose with the literal <laughs> truth. Well, I don't know. Everything else about it, Helen, is stunningly realistic, from the cartoon hammers through to the uh, Acme bombs. His very well-lit mouse hole. <laughs> okay, pop, pop quiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot shots. Yeah. What uh, famous 1960s uh, duo started life as Tom and Jerry? I know this. I know this, so ask Helen, because I know, because I looked on Tom and Jerry articles on the web. Yeah. I, I did not have such a bunch of... What famous duo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was it musicians Simon and Garfunkel yes I didn't know that I just thought who would Martin know this about that was a duo in the 60s yeah I see what you mean that is weird isn't it because the cartoon had been very well received by them been out for 20 years won six Academy Awards I think it was a yeah a different reference to so that. why yeah. would you I mean you wouldn't now call your band the Simpsons would you think about it well actually it wouldn't because it wouldn't have Google juice Exactly, yeah. I'm not an idiot. I suppose, yeah, Simon and Garfunkel didn't care about the juice. Didn't have that problem. Right. In fact, they were going for a different market, really, than the uh, core Tom and Jerry fan market. But then why call yourself it? Because they like it, maybe. They I maybe thought it was ticklish. I think it, yeah, I think they were going for a name that was kind of amusing. Yeah. And yeah, then they realised that, actually, you know what, we don't really write amusing songs. This yeah. is a bad choice of name. <laughs> maybe they thought, this is going to bring the house down at the folk clubs. And then they realised that folkies did not like to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know, but uh, Elliot Smith was originally called Barney Rubble. Yo, yo, one love. The best thing about tennis is the a women's tennis, a women's tennis. Hearing those ladies all going, it makes me go in my pants. Answer Me This Sports Day, out now at answermethispodcast.com slash albums. Here's a question from Philip from Stuttgart in Germany who says, I recently decided to go back to university to pursue a master's degree. I was not looking forward to the hell of looking for a reasonably priced room or flat in a crowded university town, so I was very excited when the, quotes, flat share I went to look at turned out to be a giant five-bedroom penthouse apartment complete with two jacuzzi baths, a pog-and-pole kitchen, (laughs) and a massive roof terrace with black forest views. Living there was one guy, think cool but eloquent, goes to med school but plays in a rock band, and three incredibly hot girls. Is what? this real? Yeah, this is like the BT advert. Oh, don't even... That's I... not like the BT advert. This is like the Carling advert, Martin. No, it oh, is yeah. like the BT advert. It's exactly like that. And I know we've dissed the previous generation of BT adverts. And we were so delighted when they finally got rid of Chris Marshall. But now they've replaced yep. him with these even more cunty children. <laughs> Absolutely intolerable. You know what hot girls love? Rooters. <laughs> uh, Philip continues. Everyone there in the flat seemed very nice and relaxed. The room was big, had a nice view... Of the Black Forest. ...and was very reasonably priced, as it belonged to the guy's parents, and they were planning to move in there at some point, but are leaving it to their son in the meantime, asking for a very reasonable rent from his flatmates. They called me half an hour later, offering me the room, and I took it. What is the problem, then? Well, ideal situation happens. You might think so, Helen, but sometimes, you know, the grass is always greener, even if you live in the biggest grass in the world. And then it turned out it was some kind of organ harvesting house. <laughs> That's kind yeah, of what he's getting at. Sounds like the beginning of a horror film, doesn't it? I can't stop thinking, he says, this has got to be too good to be true. My theories include some kind of scam 
organ harvesting, oh. a oh. porn set. Could be three a, hot girls. A reality show or something crazy about that guy's parents. He doesn't specify there. Maybe they've lost a son in tragic circumstances and they've been trying to recruit a new one. Oh, that's good. Mm. Helen, answer me this. Am I being paranoid? Well, obviously, yes. Yeah. Uh, or is this actually too good to be true? Both. Yes, I think that's right, yeah. Too good to be true used to be the name of some diet ice cream that was definitely not too good to be true. No, but it was uh, adequate it was okay. to be um to be not false. Yeah, the thing is though, it <laughs> to was probably sure. too bad for you to be a diet food and not good enough to be as satisfying as real ice cream. Yeah, well this is often the case with diet food, isn't it? It's yeah. low fat, but what have they put in instead? You know, more salt, more sugar. Yeah. You still might get fat from it. That's the reality. That's what they should have called it. <laughs> yeah. This is what you're getting. <laughs> if this were a pawn set, as you suggest, Philip... You don't have to take part. You'd have to sign a release form, really, before they could use your footage. Well, this is it. I think they'd tell you that in advance. Uh, I think when they were showing you around the flat, they might have... Um, Asked you whether you could get it up at, at will all the time. <laughs> How often can you spunk? And might have had to explain a lot of awkwardly placed cameras. <laughs> and, and also... Why is there a glass floor with a camera under it? <laughs> oh, that's just my parents' style, Phil. Worry not your pretty head about it and spread them. <laughs> and also, I think, although porn stars may not get paid very well in this freemium globalised digital mm. economy, nonetheless, they probably wouldn't make you pay rent to live there, I think, and no pimp has done that. So I, I think that would be quite surprising uh, if they were asking you to pay even a minimal amount to live there to be in porn. And reality TV shows tend to keep the accommodation quite cramped in order to ratchet up interpersonal tensions. That's right, yeah. So I don't think this spacious dream house is really going to fit the bill. I'm sure I saw a horror film once, My Little Eye. Yes. Where it's got, I think, five residents of a remote house and the deal is they have to stay in the house for something like six months That's right. in order to win the prize on the reality TV show. Uh-huh. And then everything goes wrong and they don't even know whether there is a TV show at all or it's a crazy scheme. Crazy high-concept games in real yeah. life very often do go wrong. There was a competition I was reading about called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. <laughs> did you hear about that? <laughs> it was in. Wouldn't people die? Yeah, someone did. God. It, was either, it was either in the States or Canada, I can't remember which. And they did a radio thing where you had to hold your Wii for like 24 hours to win a Wii. Wow. And this That's woman so died. Wouldn't your kidney implode or something? Something like that, yeah. It's well, not worth it to play Super Mario Kart, is it? Well, Phil, I think we've learned that whether it's a horror film or some bizarre Wiiing competition, <laughs> as soon as the first person dies, then leave. Yes. But as it stands, take advantage of this situation because maybe sometimes the universe just hands you a present. Mm. Glenn from Yorkshire. Um, why is a digestive biscuit called a digestive? Does it aid digestion or something? The early recipes contained a lot of uh, bicarbonate of soda, which was considered a digestive aid as it's an antacid. Yes. Ah. And also it was advertised as a health food for the people who had weak constitutions because it was easy for them to digest it because it's basically sugar. And refined flour. Yeah, that's often what it comes down to, doesn't it? When you see sort of, I wouldn't call a digestive a junk food, but when you see foods that aren't healthy mm. being marketed as healthy, it comes from a time when people didn't have so much sugar in their diet. Yeah. So it was a small sugar rush. Like people used to drink Coke to settle their stomachs and all this because <laughs> they weren't massive lard asses drinking Cokes with every value meal they were buying three times a day. A sugary treat can be part of a balanced diet, can be quite healthy, can't it? Well, the problem for me with digestive, if it was genuinely healthy, I wouldn't mind them as much, but the fact is, it's not healthy and it gives me no pleasure. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, mm. I just think you're... Well, not wrong, you're entitled to your opinion. I think your pleasure centres a skew whiff, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I think. Well, I'm not alone, Helen, because here's a factoid from the McVitie's website. Can't e wait. Every second... 
52 digestive biscuits are consumed in the UK. Well, that's not surprising because the ageing population of the UK is uh, one of the largest sectors of the population now. <laughs> I presume that statistic is averaged out across the day. Uh, because mm. I can't believe at four in the morning, even with all the boarding school soggy biscuit competitions, <laughs> there are enough digestives being consumed. Uh, you've raised an interesting point. Have uh, I? Is, Have I really? Uh, is, no. is the digestive the biscuit of choice in the soggy biscuit game? I think so, because we all know it goes soggy when dunked in a cup of tea. So, yeah. uh, but it nonetheless has the structure and it's cheap. I think the thing about soggy biscuit <laughs> is it's a game that involves quite a lot of preparation, really, and quite a lot of difficult conversations. Uh, but you don't want it to look as if you've put loads of effort into sourcing the biscuit. Mm. Well, you want what, it to look casual, right? What you need is to get a, maybe a family choice box where they've got the ten different types of dryish biscuit and then you can choose one on the night. Ah, here's a question from Tom <laughs> from Northamptonshire about his mother. Uh, he says, <laughs> ah, My mother has recently started a business by a soggy biscuit dog cost. To boarding schools. Uh, no. His mother's business is called handyherbs.co.uk. Handy hyphen herbs. Uh, yeah, but you don't write hyphen, you put the hyphen yeah, between we, the Y and the H. We don't want to direct people to the wrong URL and for them to scoop all of Tom's mother's business. I think that's right. Mm. Anyway, what can you buy from handy herbs.co.uk? Uh, she sells uh, candles, incense, and other herb-related items, but not herbs. Uh, mostly, kind of herbal teas and stuff okay. like that. I wonder if it's all a bit of a cover for another kind of herb. Oh, uh, and, and if it is, Tom's mum, you've you've had your plug. Handy-herbs.co.uk. I'll have a pipe full of uh, rosemary, please, if you know what I mean. He continues. Uh, I told her it can't possibly be wise to start a business with the current state of the economy. Not with that attitude. Um, but apparently, she heard on the news that it is. <laughs> okay. So, oh, it must be true because the newsreaders look so authoritative. Uh, so, Helen, answer me this: Is she crazy or is she right to I, start a business in a recession? I don't know why you're asking me because I earned even in the boom years far, 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 far less than the national average salary. Mm. But I suppose the advantage you have in a recession is that maybe your overheads are less high. That's right. Perhaps shop fronts are, are less large. People are willing to do work for you for much less money or even for free. And actually. Your customers also are looking to possibly change suppliers. Mm. So if you can undercut them, Why, if you can the do other, cheaper herbs... The, the other handy herbalists have gone out of business. Yeah, or, or, you know, everyone's always looking for a bargain in a recession, aren't they? This is yeah. why it's coincided with the launch, the uh, stratospheric success of the, the voucher websites and stuff. Right. I wouldn't encourage her to plough all of her capital into the business, but it's worth a punt for, say, a year or two. Well, the, the advantage here is that the stock is not expensive to buy tea mm. leaves. Uh, there's a big markup on it. Storage, you know, you don't need a lot of space to keep it in either. Mm. So presumably this is being run essentially from your house. So all she's paid for really is the domain name and a bit of web design. And I bet handy-herbs.co.uk is not as expensive as handyherbs.com. I think that's probably right. Well, cutting corners, how much will that cost you in the future? Um, so I think this is a, a reasonable start into a reasonable tiptoe way to test the water. Yeah, you're right. And actually, so yeah, I think she's chosen a reasonable business. If she's out of work and needs a job, then she's created a job for herself and it might work. But I do think uh, we are probably uh, the wrong people to ask because uh, we make money by begging people like you <laughs> listeners to buy our old episodes and albums yes yourself or donate to us we've got a paypal button on our website and uh, that website is of course answermethispodcast.com you know what else is on there our contact details so you can send us questions for this new series of answer me this that's right because we're hearing all the weeks leading up to christmas full steam until christmas presuming none of us die and we'll see you next week bye, bye. <laughs>